We're here to ignite your fire by highlighting the success and innovation of other movement professionals. This is the PT on Fire podcast. PT on Fire Nation, welcome to the podcast episode on why 70% of your patients will not complete your plan of care. I'm Nick Hawkins, alongside me is Dr. Andrew Gorecki, and we're going to talk about using principles and strategies today to improve the likelihood that your patients will complete their plan of cares. And research shows that 70% will not. And uh, I know in, in my you know, time as a, as a PT, that's led me to feel frustrated and, and burned out and irritated. I feel like I've, I, I'm working way too hard uh, to get patients to believe what I am trying to say, even though I know what I have to say will help them. There's way more to it than that. And it'd be easy if we came out of school and we know we're the experts, we know that what we're saying will truly benefit the patient. But the crazy part is we are, we are complex beings. It's not as easy as just getting the information in school and then giving it to the patient and having them follow the plan accordingly. It's just not that easy. It sounds like this episode is going to be pretty deep. It is going to be deep. All right, let's let's take a deep, deep dive. We're we're going deep. So basically, this this is inspired by I read a book. It's called Motivational Interviewing, and I know I learned it in school. They I touched on it. Um, I know a lot of the curriculums touch on teaching and learning, but but really it didn't hit home to me until actually treating, until actually being in the clinic and practicing. And applying it, I just thought, okay, what what is this garbage? Like when I was in school, what? Okay, I'll just memorize it and get a good grade on the test, and and then forget about it. But there is a ton of meaning because, again, of how of how we're difficult, we're complex beings. So um, that's what we're going to chat about today. Andrew's going to kind of facilitate, and I'm going to try to try to chat about what I learned in my studying and looking at research and reading the book, motivational interviewing. And uh, hopefully you guys can find some value from it, and we'll offer a, a freebie at the end. So we'll get rolling here. So I think it's important. I like to always kind of know right away who it's for. So this is for anybody who wants better patient outcomes, anybody who's frustrated with uh, cancels and no-shows, um, you know, struggling with ways to get patients to do what you want them to do, right? That's the key. Uh, how many of you thought, gosh... If people only knew what I know, and they, they, they could avoid you know things like surgeries and medications and, and injections. So it's for you if you want to have uh, you know a better impact on your patients. If you're out there and you're doing the nine to five and you don't care and you don't even recognize if, if the statistic of seventy percent plan of care is not completed nationwide is a surprise to you. This is probably not the podcast for you. Mm-hmm. But if you if you recognize that that your patients are falling off. If, uh, if they're not being consistent in their home exercise program, if they're not taking what you're saying seriously or as seriously as you would like them to, I think you're going to find some value here. And so a lot of this starts just kind of starting again with the, with the goal of this is to improve patient compliance because we truly want to improve people's lives. And if we, we know that if people do not do what we say, then their lives are not going to be touched and they're not going to be improved as much as they could. And a lot of the, the shift needs to happen within our own brains, within our own minds, how we are looking at our interaction 
with with the patient. And so some some traps that we fall into, if I were to, you know, we start with some traps, some common traps we can fall into are the thought process that I I collect information about problems. So that's the first one. The first trap is I collect information about problems. So that an example of that would be a patient comes in, initial visit, and all you are trying to do in that initial visit is collect information. You're asking closed-ended questions. Uh, does your back hurt in the morning? Does your back hurt when you walk? Does your back hurt when you sit down? Does your, does your back hurt when you pick up your kid? You know, you're asking closed-ended questions that you're gathering all this information. And yeah, you might get some good information, but what that does to the patient is it makes them take a passive role. It makes them take a back seat you, it does not open the door for building a relationship. It does not open the door for the patient to have some autonomy. And as I'm going to talk about today briefly, that is very important. So that's the first kind of trap that we fall into. Uh, the second trap is I rectify gaps in knowledge. So we all know when patients come in that they've searched on Google and they've done all these things. They've talked to the chiropractor, they've talked to their doctor, and they've talked to all these different people. And you you are going to be the one that ties it all together for them. And even though we are the ones that have the most musculoskeletal knowledge, we need to be uh, purposeful and, and careful, really, with how we prove to the patient, how we communicate with them that we have the right information. We need to make sure that we are including them as much as we can. And I'll talk about specific strategies for this. Because the end game, again, this is for the patient that is going to be more difficult. This is for the one that you're concerned about that they're not ever going to do their home exercises. This is for the one that they're going to cancel half their appointments. This is not for the one that comes in and is super motivated and is ready to get back. That person already has it. But the truth is, a lot of times the people don't. Um, so the, the third trap that we fall into is I just need to tell them what to do. If I only told them the exact steps they need to take, then they're going to do it. So that's a, that's a third trap. I just need to tell them what to do. Um, and again, if we, if we shift it, if we flip it and think in our minds, we need to include the patient as much as we can. We need to include them. We need to make them feel like they are in control of the, of the plan. They have some say in this. It's greatly going to improve outcomes. And again, specific strategies for that I'll touch on later. Um, now, flip, flip the switch here. Three examples of ways that we should think or ways that we could promote um, consistency and completing of plan of cares. I have some expertise and the clients are experts on themselves. So that's a shift, right? That's a, that's a big shift from I'm an expert and I'm going to tell them what they need to know. Think about it like this. I have some expertise, but the clients are experts on themselves. We just need to tease out of them what, you know, what's going on. A lot of times if we leave things open-ended, they're going to give us the information that they want. That we, that we need. Um, second one, I find out information the clients want and need. So in your evaluation, are you asking questions that where you're, you're digging, you're finding out the goals that they have. You're asking them, you know, what do you want to return to? How, how is this back pain affecting 
affecting you. Open ended. Oh, I need to be able to pick up my kid from the from the crib. I need to be able to pick up my kid from the floor. I need to be able to play catch with my son. Okay, so they need and they want to do that. They're going to be way more likely to adhere to the plan if they know that you know what they want. Okay, so here we'll get into some spe uh, specific examples. Are you following me, Andrew? I, I definitely am following you. It, it's funny. It makes me think of a study I just saw, not to sidetrack us, but there was a study that looked at how long d did it take for the physician to interrupt the patient while the patient was telling the physician what they were there for and what they needed and wanted, how long did it take the physician to interrupt the patient before the physician started telling the patient what they needed? Mm. How long did you think it would be? I think we probably talked about this before. I, rem I don't remember the number, but I remember it was alarmingly not a lot of time. Seven seconds. That's crazy. Seven seconds. That's crazy. So, so, yeah. so when we're talking about compliance, um, I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That's going to force the patient to take a passive role and essentially wait for you to do the work when really it's a journey we take with them and, and we're expecting them to, to do the work. So there's a sp very specific strategy um, and this will be the freebie will include this, but very specific strategy when the patient comes in on the first visit. It's called the EPE or elicit, provide and elicit, elicit. So during information exchange, these three categories, elicit, provide and then elicit and so I'm gonna hit on these so the elicit is where you're asking permission you're exploring their prior knowledge and you're gauging their interests that they that they may have um, so so that's the elicit part so when they come in um, you know you're we've gone through the open-ended questioning you've you've done a good job of gathering you know their story you've assessed, you've, you've gathered this objective information now. You're ready to share it with them and you're ready to share the plan. That's where this comes in. This, this comes in where you're exchanging information. And so the first thing you do, um, it says, ask permission. Would it be all right if I share with you what I was looking at in, in your assessment? Would it be all right if I share with you strategies that have helped a lot of other people? And what the research shows that it does when you ask permission, for one, it's respectful. And for two, you're not giving unsolicited advice, which the quote is, that's the junk mail of life. And so research shows that the consistency in home exercises jumps, it skyrockets. The consistency in attendance skyrockets. Um, and, and the consistency in, in adhering to the plan skyrockets because all of a sudden they become a part of the plan. So um, again, asking permission. Does anybody have a, a a parent that gives unsolicited advice? I do. I Can you just think do. about how that feels when someone gives you unsolicited advice? And I'll tell you what, like, it's one of my biggest personality flaws that I'm more aware of that I try my hardest to not do in my personal and professional life is give unsolicited advice. And hearing what you just said is a super easy way to get better at that it's just asking permission mm -hmm. unbelievable and, and uh and they'll you know 95 percent of the time they'll say well sure absolutely and then their and then their attention is sparked because they've just answered you that they're willing to listen and now they're going to hear what you have to say and it's not unsolicited um so the the second part of the elicit so ask permission and then explore prior knowledge so that an example of that Tell me what you already know about your lower back pain. 
what do you think might be the biggest benefit for you when coming in for physical therapy? Just see what they say. You may be surprised that they, that what they know. And then when they answer what they already know about their lower back pain, then you can, you can have a conversation with them about it. You know what? You're right. Uh, your discs do lose height as you age, but then you can go in and teach them about discs. And that's just an example. The last one, um, gauge interest that they may have. So the last one of Alyssa is gauging interest. What are you interested in being able to do when your back does not hurt? Wow, I never thought about what I would do if my back didn't hurt. Well, maybe I'd go for a walk with my spouse again. You know, and, and keep in mind again, all of these strategies are for is little things that improve motivation of the patient. Uh, what do you want to know about treatments for this condition? Well, I want to know what, what you're going to do to, to help me be able to walk with my spouse again. You know, so just asking these simple questions. So that's the elicit. So EPE, elicit, the three parts of elicit, ask permission, explore prior knowledge, and then gauge interests that they have. So here's the, the next part. Here's the provide. So the EP, this is the P, the provide builds on what you found in the illicit part. So after you've explored their prior knowledge, you, after you've gauged their interest, you know what they already know, you know what goals they have, what they're interested in being able to do in life, now you can provide them with information that is geared towards that. So if they, if they have voiced that they want to know why their lower back hurts when they pick up their kid, you can give them and provide them with information directly towards that. You don't need to talk to them about, you know, people that have stenosis that, you know, feels better when they sit down. They don't care about sitting down. They want, they want to be able to pick up their kid. And so, you know, providing information that is directly geared towards what they have voiced that they want to know. That's the, that's the key with the, the providing. Um, and then, you know, as, as you're providing them with information, just make it, you know, speak to them like, the, like a patient. And I think we all fall into that, that trap where we can, we kind of think we're communicating with our colleagues because uh, it's easy for us. We're used to using big words. But just keep in mind that, make it simple. They, a lot of times they, they get confused. They're, they, they have a lot of fear. They're confused with what they've heard the doctor say. A lot of people don't even know what arthritis is. So just having the conversation. And, and simply just asking, making sure they, they understand. Uh, so, for example, stenosis is a diagnosis you've heard the doctor say. Tell me what you would want to know about this diagnosis. And then they may say, well, to be honest, I don't know anything about it. You know, I've, I've looked up and it seems pretty scary. Uh, so then, again, that opens the door for com conversation and autonomy. So, okay, so that's P, the last one, the E again. Elicit, provide, elicit. So in the last elicit, you're just simply checking back and making sure you have an understanding. Have I been clear so far? Um, are you following me? Is there any barriers that you see to this? Is this applicable to you? Um, does this seem like something that applies to you? Again, the EPE, it, research shows it builds compliance and it builds patient motivation. And uh, so thinking about in your mind, we've all had patients that don't do home exercises, that cancel half their appointments, that that don't finish their plan of care. And, you know, what happened there? Well, we didn't do something as far as building the motivation and, and compliance. Okay. How are you doing? I'm, this is amazing. All right. 
All right, so here we're getting. There's a we're you know briefly wrapping up here. Um, Hold on a second. Do you? If any of the listeners out there remember, we had Lenny on Lenny uh, Parasino, right? I think mm-hmm. I say your last name. Amazing guy. He talked about the platinum rule, right? We all know the golden rule. And and I, as I'm listening to you describe this, it's exactly the way that I wish, well, that I would like people to talk to me, right? Like. I'm thinking of my mom. Me and my mom have we have some friction, and I wish she would talk to me like this, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the platinum rule: like do one to others as you would like done to yourself. Not, you know, the golden rule, which is you know, what's the golden rule? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Treat do others as you would want to be treated. Right. You're, you're saying platinum rule. You know, find out what they need and right. then treat them based on what they need. Right. Treat and, them how they would treat themselves, yeah. not how you would treat them. Yeah. Because the way you would treat them isn't necessarily what they want. Yeah. So it just makes me think of what Lenny was talking about. Oh, yeah. A lot of. Yeah, you're right. That fits right in. Because what we may, what we want for them might be something totally different than what they want. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if they, if, if we put onto them what we want, that's just one more thing where their compliance is not going to be there. And how many times do we get frustrated when the, the the patient wants one thing, but we want another thing, and we almost take it personally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can I've had that feeling many times where I'm just like, okay, fine, I'll just do whatever you know, do what you want, and I'll do the ultrasound, and you know, mm-hmm. I don't think that's what you need, but and you almost go at it with an attitude that you're just frustrated and you're irritated because they don't respect you, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting thing to think about, like. Is that really the best way we should approach it? And right. Is giving them what they think they want and need, is that does that validate them? Mm-hmm. And is that going to allow them to be here longer so that right. you can actually then sprinkle in what you believe that is the right, yeah. most effective treatment? Right. And that's interesting. Is it worth doing something that you for eight to ten minutes that you know may not be of as much value as what you have to offer, like an ultrasound? Um, is it worth doing that for the long term to to keep them coming back uh, long term to build compliance with home exercises? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it would be. Mm-hmm. So um, then you know now once we've once we've done this EPE the illicit provide illicit strategy in the assessment, you've shared information. The patient's on board with that. Uh, you have you've you've gone over the plan. Um, you know, we still need to build motivation. We still need to motivate them that this is what they need, um, that this is what's going to help them. We need them to see, but we need to be strategic with how we do that. And there's an acronym for that. It's called DARN, D-A-R-N, desire, ability, reason, and need. So again, um, we can work this into the evaluation. We can work this into the examination. So we'll just go through each one of these. So the desire. What what do you hope our work together will accomplish? Tell me what you don't like about how things are going now. What are you looking for from physical therapy? So each of these is designed to elicit a desire from the patient and almost to get them to see that they even desire it. Because, you know, people come in, you would be surprised, and you you guys have heard and I've heard, but... A lot of times people come in for therapy, they don't even know why they're there. Their doctor told them to come. And, oh, I'm just coming because my doctor told me to. Or, I'm just coming because my wife told me to. Or, I'm just coming because my, my kid told me to. They they don't even know that they desire to get better. Which is crazy to us, but if if we don't tease that desire out of them, 
then they aren't going to be compliant. The second, the A, ability. So how confident are you that you'll be able to find time to do these exercises? What ideas do you have for how you could overcome barriers to, to do your exercises? So you're, you're, you're gauging the ability of the person that, that they perceive that they have to be consistent in, in these exercises. Do they have the ability to do it? And will they do it? And even though it seems kind of weird to ask somebody that, a lot of times it shifts in their mind like, hey, I do have the ability to do this. I have the ability to stay consistent in my attendance to PT. I have the ability to stay consistent in my home exercises. Um, the, the R now, reason. So what's the downside of how things are going right now? What are some advantages you see about being out of pain? So you're looking for them to tell you a, a, the reason why they are there. So thinking about motivation, if we have a reason for why we're doing something, that builds a lot of motivation, right? So the re well, the, the downside is I can't go take my dog for a walk. The downside is, the downside is I can't play catch with my kid. The downside is I can't reach up into my cupboard to grab a coffee cup. And you know, all these, again, they open up lines of communication. You're learning more about the person. You're learning about their desires and their needs. And all of this is gonna build compliance. The last one of the N is need. How serious does this feel for you? How important is this for you to stay out of pain? How important is it for you to have a long-term solution? And that falls under need. Again, when you ask that question and then they verbally answer it, something snaps in their mind that they, wow, this, this is good, this is serious. It's very important for me to be able to go for a walk again with my spouse without pain. Now, if, if you have built the communication lines, you, you've built the relationship now, you're having this back and forth kind of engaging um, conversation, you, they feel they're going to leave feeling that not only did you give them value, but you have a great idea now of where they're coming from. They, they leave feeling, wow, that person really understands me. My therapist knows my goals. My therapist, you know, knows that what I expect from PT and I'm going to, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to stay, I'm going to, I'm going to follow this plan of care. I'm going to do my home exercises. And we know that they're, if they do that, they're going to be so much more successful. Um, so again, you know, we could almost title this, this podcast, anything you could get getting patients to do what you want, but that might sound a little, little, little crazy. Uh, you know, getting people to complete their plan of care, getting patients to do their home exercises. You know what, think about what frustrations you have and just pick one of these, just pick, just pick a one part of this podcast and try it. Maybe even like Andrew said, the illicit part, simply ask somebody before you talk to them about their assessment. Just simply say, hey, can I share with you what, what I've found today and what has worked for other people? And you may be surprised. Their eyes light up and they lean forward in their chair and now they're listening to you. So just give one of them a shot and uh, we'll, we'll include a, um, a little document in the show notes that lays out the acronym for building motivation, that lays out the EPE strategy. Uh, so again, hope you guys found value with this. I know I rambled on. I thought it was amazing. I think it's a it's also a great way to develop lifelong patience. You know, you're if you can connect with them, you know, on that first impression, 
the, the likelihood of you continuing that relationship and just building upon it is going to be even more powerful. So you could even, you know, this could be in the marketing category. It could be in the outcomes category. It could be in the, you know, it, there's a lot of categories this could fall into. And I think even, even I'm thinking of my, uh, you know, selfishly thinking of myself here and from a, you know, uh, an ownership, leadership, management, whatever you want to call it role, you know, this is a probably, you know, much more effective way to communicate than, you know, some of the strategies that I've experienced in the past w working with other leaders and, and, and then how I communicate in the clinic myself. So I think it has a lot of value. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And so yeah, guys, just give it a shot. Um, just one way to, to, you know, communicate and connect with people. It's what it's all about. See you guys next time.